The Fake Show Podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Hutchison & Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, now with two locations, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-Shirt Designs, Mr. Antenna, now your host, Jim Tofty. Well, this is a busy time for our next guest. He is the voice and song maker of Jefferson Airplane and Starship, along with his own solo works. Now he is releasing an album of new original material titled The Greatest Lover. And if that's not enough, Jefferson Airplane is receiving a Lifetime Achievement Award at tonight's Grammy Awards. Let's welcome Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Marty Ballin to The Fake Show. Marty, how are you this morning? Good. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you for joining me on the show this morning. I, you know, I suppose this must be a bittersweet time losing Paul, just as Jefferson Airplane is getting a lifetime achievement award at the Grammys. Yeah, yeah, bad timing in his part. It occurs to me, I, I think I had read this somewhere, that Paul actually wanted you to go on tour. Uh, what was it last year? Yeah, he did. He, he did a. He was having a whole around the world tour celebrating the airplane and Starship and wanted me to go with him and sent me a schedule and I, I told him I couldn't do it. It was too grueling for me and and uh, he uh, I told him to watch out himself, you know, that he better watch his health because he was having problems and he, you know, blustered on with that, you know, nothing can hurt me, I'm a bulldog and yeah. went out and bam, you know, right away. Is it true that he is the first guy that you picked to be in Jefferson Airplane? Yeah, he was the very first guy I picked. I was looking for players, you know, because I was, I had just left some folk band, and uh, I was looking for somebody who played a 12-string, because in the folk group, we had a 12-string. I loved the 12-string. Yeah. And uh, so I was looking for somebody who played a 12, and one night at a hoot, I saw him come in with a 6 in one hand and a 12 in the other. And I thought, aha, what I'm looking for. Yeah, I mean, it's true, isn't it? I, whenever I hear a, a Roger McGuinn in The Birds or someone like that, it is very distinctive sound, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, 12-string is a beautiful instrument. Didn't you refer to uh, Paul as the devil's advocate? I mean, what was your relationship like in those days? Well, he always had this, you know, always had a, you know, have the last word or, or you know, just screw with your head, you know, that kind of thing. You could be in a serious conversation and he'd screw with your head and, Play devil's advocate, but uh, you know, it was a hard guy to get along with. You know, in many ways. For the most part, you guys played at the big festivals in those days. I mean, did you realize how big Woodstock was going to be at the time as you were going into it? No, no, I didn't until I heard on the radio. You know that it was like the uh, third largest city in New York City and state at the time, or something. Yeah. You know, with all the people. And then I'm flying in on a helicopter, you look down on it, and it was like, whoa, you know, this is a lot of people. As your band received so much deserved notoriety at the time, and I, I suppose it's the same for any band that is up and coming, it's got to be difficult to maintain that sense of discipline and keep it going. Oh, yeah. Once you get famous, then it's hard to, you know, keep it together. Because you're juggling touring and, and trying to come up with new material. Yeah, and everybody goes off on their own little binge, you know, their own little, you know, do their own thing. Especially musicians, you know, hard for them to stick together. When did you get to the point, Marty, where you kind of had to take a break from it? Well, I, I everybody, you know, was like uh, really super famous. And you couldn't talk to anybody. Everybody was on cocaine, and I can't deal with people on cocaine. And couldn't talk to anybody. Everybody was like, you know, crazy, you know. And uh, just, you know, 
boring, you know. I mean, for me, I have to work with people. I have to collaborate. I have to, you know, arrange things and bring people together. That's what I'm good at, you know. But uh, when everybody's off on their own little thing and everybody hates everybody else, uh, boring, you know. It's really boring for me, so, so I left. And it had an effect on so many people at that time. I know when you left, uh, we were losing people like Janice and, and Jim Morrison and others. Yeah, well, you know, those were the dark days, 69, 70, all that. You were around uh, Bill Graham at the time that he opened the Fillmore. How important was it there were clubs like that for, for bands such as yours who were who were oh, just beginning? Fabulous. I mean, in town we had the... Winterland, we had Avalon, the Family Dog, plus other little clubs, you know, uh, California Hall, uh, things like that. You know, so there was always, every night, you'd go out and see the best music in the world, you know. We're playing it in one of the places yourself. Go out every night and see something, you know, and just go from dance hall to dance hall. That was great. You know, I've had a chance to listen to uh, your new album, and it sounds great. Your voice sounds as, as great as ever. Tell me a little bit about the album, and, and uh, what are the roots of it? Well, these are songs I've been doing live in my live shows, and, you know, so the fans uh, kept bugging me to put some of them down on, on vinyl, or vinyl, what am I talking about? You know, put some of them <laughs> down. So I did, and... Um, it was mainly just, you know, for the fans and people who liked the music and so they could have it when they wanted it. But I've been doing them live, so it didn't take long to do it all. And, you know, Marty, there's this whole movement now. It's it's more than a movement. People are actually going back to vinyl, aren't they? Yeah, I, I hope this one, I, I, I get a vinyl version of this one out, too. For collectors, you know, it'd be great. So will you go out as the album is released and do these songs again? Yeah, I've been going out playing... You know, I go out and play. And what does the Lifetime Achievement Award mean to you as we head to the Grammys? It means I better get achieving something in my lifetime. <laughs> Tell me something, I think. <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, it, you must be very, you must be very proud of this because your band, obviously, and the Starship has had such a great influence. Yeah. Well, I guess they, you know, they're saying, you know, we listen to your music and liked it, and you know, recognizing it. That's always nice. I think a lot of people want to know too, Marty. Is Grace Slick going to be there? Do you know? I think she is. Yes. That'll be nice to see you, you all together again. I know it's, uh, it's a great time for you with the Lifetime Achievement Award, the Grammys, your new album, and bringing it back out on tour. You've got a really nice website as well. I suggest you go there, martyballonmusic.com. And thank you so much for joining me. It was it was a pleasure talking to you. All right. All right, Marty. See you soon, I hope. All right, good luck. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, don't miss the Grammys tonight because any Grace Slick sighting is worth your time. And I know that Marty will miss his old friend Paul Kantner not being there despite their many differences over the years. Well, that is it for this episode of The Fake Show. Check out our schedule at our Fake Show Facebook and Twitter pages. I'm Jim Tofty, and I'll see you later. Take The Fake Show with you at thefakeshow.com, SoundCloud, and at iTunes.